I think that defense contracting specifically is is a great place for those folks to transition to. Um, a lot of times you're in that same environment, you're working with a lot of the same folks, you're just wearing a, a really cool Nike polo and, instead of uh, <laughs> instead of your fatigues. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Greetings to our listeners and welcome to the show. A big virtual high five to you, Rachel. How are you doing today? Woohoo! Right back at you, sister. You know, I can't help it. It's a beautiful day. And hopefully our listeners are having equally a beautiful day and they are buckled up and ready to learn today from our cleared employer. So, true story, Rachel. Today's guest is Sebastian Lampert, Director of Staffing at Iron Eagle X. Welcome, Sebastian, and thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Great to be here, Kathleen and Rachel. Thanks for having me. Well, we are so excited to be here. And something we like to really just start the conversation with is just learning just a smidge more about you. Um, So, if you don't mind just telling us a little bit about your career journey to Iron Eagle X. How'd you get where you are today, my friend? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, it all really started at uh, L3. It was my first job in defense contracting. I was uh, supporting satellite communications equipment used by Special Operations Command. That contract ended and they said, hey, Seb, you can go to uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina or Afghanistan. I was like, well, I'll go to Afghanistan. So <laughs> went there. And uh, when I came back, there was still no, you know, real SATCOM opportunity that I liked in Florida. So made the transition to uh, recruiting at that time to step back in the career, but switched over to something I was really passionate about. And that was with a small company, fell in love with it. We were purchased by a large, as happens. So Michael, the current owner of Iron Eagle X, poached me out of that large company. And uh, I joined him at another company, another small. And when he uh, purchased Iron Eagle X, I'd followed him right over. And uh, here we are today. Sounds great. Thanks for sharing that story. So tell us a little bit more. Since Iron Eagle X is sort of on the smaller side, it may not be on everyone's radar. So tell us a little bit more about Iron Eagle X and what the company does. Absolutely. So that's it. You know, we're a a small defense contracting company headquartered out of Tampa, Florida. Primary reason why we are here is because of our primary customer being Special Operations Command and them having their headquarters at MacDill Air Force Base here in Tampa. So that's the customer that we support. And then what we try to focus on is really anything high-level technical solutions. So really, a lot of our work falls under that computer science umbrella. We have a lot of uh, data scientists, software developers. We uh, try to do as much as we can with AI and ML. It's artificial intelligence, machine learning. So that's really our focus. Uh, right now, hovering right around 200 employees, and we're uh, you know spread out all over the country country. And then uh, we just recently placed a couple folks in uh, in Germany as well. Going international with a name like Iron Eagle, I kind of feel like that's that's very fitting. So 
Really, really cool. So tell us a little bit about what you're hiring for. That's what the people want to know. What kind of cleared positions or really just kind of skill sets are you currently looking for? Probably the biggest push right now, we just submitted a proposal for a data science contract here at McDill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida. We'll be hiring data analysts, software engineers, data scientists, uh, and data engineers on that contract. It is coming up, uh, but it should be a quick turn. As far as uh, immediate openings, a lot of software developers and platform engineers, DC and, and North Carolina area. Nice. So you did mention Tampa, DC, Germany, a couple of those. So two questions. Where are, are there other locations and what about remote? For sure. For sure. So, um, we have positions, we have people in place on contract everywhere from San Diego to Stuttgart, Germany right now. Really the, the theater special operations commands. So, you know, with our primary customer being SOCOM, um, you know, supporting all those TSOCs as well, uh, you know, all those major locations. So San Diego, Virginia Beach, Fort Liberty, North Carolina. Um, those are, you know, really a lot of the, the hot spots for us and, and where we often have rotating opportunities. As far as remote options, uh, yes, those are more common with us than a lot of other defense contractors. Even though we do still require that TSSCI clearance, we do have opportunities where people can work primarily remote. We have one fully remote job open right now outside of the fact that they deploy OCONUS, so outside of the, the United States, twice a year, which that's kind of cool. I mean, you're working from your couch and then you, uh, you know, fly out to Jordan for a couple weeks, work with some really cool people and, uh, you know, get back to your couch. <laughs> Always about the couch surfing, but you know, we all do important work remote or on site. So when you and I were talking, we talked about many different hiring challenges. So can you share with our listeners, what are some of your biggest hiring challenges? What are the jobs that are difficult to fill that you feel like, yes, when you got that position filled, that that was a really great success? I mean, being in the cleared space, that's the the biggest hurdle, right? Uh, finding people with that clearance. A lot of times we need the full top secret SEI clearance. We don't necessarily go after a lot of uh, polygraph work. So that's great for us. But finding that clearance and then specifically for the folks that we're looking for, you know, we're looking for high level technical individuals that are not only in high demand by other defense customers and, and government entities, but out in commercial space as well, uh, especially in the DC area, you've got Amazon's headquarters right there. They're constantly competing with us, um, you know, trying to steal our best folks. So, you know, that's probably the biggest challenge is just having those, you know, high level technical folks with the clearance and then also understanding that, hey, got the clearance, there is going to be an amount of on-site work that goes with this too, which I know can be a, a real, um, you know, drag for some people that, you know, are really used to the, the fully remote uh, element at this point. Awesome. Love it. Uh, everyone's excited over here. We got the puppies excited. You say remote and the, the crowd goes wild over here. Absolutely. But speaking about... Do you about, want me to take this, Rachel? <laughs> yes, that would be great before I go and um, entice her with a chip. 
So one of our favorite things to learn about on our show is more about your company's culture and who you really think would fit in well. So how would you answer that question for Iron Eagle X? The culture, as it is everywhere, is driven from the top down, right? So our majority owners, Michael and Milo, both were senior NCOs in the the special operations community. And uh, they've really carried a lot of that and, and what they learned and how they operated there to our workspace here. And at the end of the day, they promote an environment where we are hiring the best of the best. We're hiring the most experienced people for their specific functions and be really good at your job. Be really good at the fundamentals. We're not here to tell you what to do or, or how to do it. We're here to remove hurdles for you and make sure that you can do the best job that we know you can do. It really ends up being a, a select in, select out culture. I hate kind of saying, you know, oh, you got to be a self-starter. You know, a lot of times that just means that there's non-existent management. That That's not the case here. You know, if you need the guidance, if you need some additional support, we're here for you. But we're not here to tell you how to do your job. And so at the end of the day, people kind of realize that and understand that, that, hey, yeah, this is the culture for me or, or no, it, it's not the culture for me. But that's that's really what drives it at the core. Really cool. And I heard you mention your CEO, Michael, uh, just a second ago. And something that I know that you shared with Kathleen previously was that he really has an empathetic mindset when it comes to thinking about the benefits and, and the way that you're really shaping the culture of the company, which is just really, really cool. Um, but that he's constantly thinking about the challenges his employees may be facing. Tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that. Absolutely. So, I mean... I feel like that's the easiest to do here in Tampa as far as, you know, the inflation rate that we have compared to the rest of the country um, and everything that's just been happening as people just, uh, you know, come in droves down to, to Florida and Tampa specifically. So he throughout the last three years, he's kept an eye on the market. You know, he's had actually me doing constant market analysis and trying to help understand, hey, where are we at? Are our employees as well compensated as they can be? What do we need to do uh, to be better, to do more? Um, we're constantly striving toward, you know, getting to 100% of, you know, medical dental vision. Um, that's a goal that he has set as far as like, hey, I want to take that burden off the employees. We're not there yet. We're getting very close. You know, as we grow, we, we get that additional revenue to drive the resources that, that will pay for that. Um, and then constantly looking at, you know, hey, what, what benefits do the employees care about? You know, what is going to impact them, especially compared to our competitors and other teammates also out there in the market, understanding that if we do a contract transition, um, you know, how does the team as a whole transition? How do we compare to the other companies that are on our team? Or is there one team that's just highly elevated over others? Or, you know, can we kind of even it across the board? So constantly looking at, at little things like that, that have a large impact on individuals and their families. Something else. That's, I mean, that's just really cool that it's stopping looking at it from the individual. There's so many things going on and so many companies are throwing the best and the latest and greatest in terms of benefits. And we often hear about unlimited PTO and something that recently came up on um, LinkedIn that we saw Michael really was kind of the, the aggregator for the conversation was about the unlimited PTO, that it's not necessarily of benefit to the employee as much as it benefits the organization. So Walk us through. That sounds 
Highly interesting. Tell us more. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with him 100% on that, uh, specifically as it applies to our industry. The reason for that is you talk about unlimited PTO, and that looks fantastic on paper. Absolutely. You give me unlimited PTO, and I'm like, hey, uh, all right, I'm out for the summer. I'll see you guys in two months. Like, uh, be back. But it doesn't work like that. And especially in our industry, especially the 24 seven operations, you know, if you want to take over a week uh, of paid time off, you're going to have to go and get approval. If you want to take more than that, you, that approval gets elevated even higher. So you're putting yourself, you know, kind of target on your back as far as your, your management, leadership, everything else. Oh, this guy, you know, he's, he's trying to take a hundred days off this year. And then a major thing that, you know, some folks don't think about, but other folks think about often is the way that government contracts work and the length of them. So you talk about a three-year contract, five-year contract. At the end of that contract, it's not a guarantee that your current company is going to win that again. There's, you know, a, a good chance that you are going to turn over to another company. In that event, that's not your decision. Hey, I don't want to work at IEX anymore. I'm out. You just really enjoy supporting that customer. You enjoy doing what you're doing. You enjoy having money to pay for food and rent and stuff like that. So you decide to stay on and continue doing the job that you're doing, but it's for another company. If your current company has unlimited PTO, it's just, all right, Seb, see you later. Have a good time. Whereas if you've accrued paid time off, uh, then you get paid out for that. And a lot of contractors treat that as a severance bonus. Um, and there are other companies that even allow you to sell back paid time off throughout the year if you're not using it. So if you're one of those hard chargers or if you're on a shift, um, then you have the ability to really you know, stack up that paid time off and then use it as a bonus for yourself. Whereas unlimited PTO, there's no amount of savings account that ever comes into play with that. Yeah, I really appreciated that conversation that Michael sort of spearheaded on LinkedIn because I don't think many of our transitioning military or job seekers really think about the benefits. And as you said, unlimited PTO sounds really, you know, very attractive, very sexy. But in reality, it's not going to benefit you. So let's switch over to some of your hiring success stories or nifty experiences that you have had that really sort of share your work ethic, the company's culture, and maybe a tip to some of our job seekers on how they can have a really good successful hiring. Yeah, so I think that probably all boils down to actually one individual, uh, our resident data scientist here in Tampa. This was early on in IEX uh, history. We're kind of clawing for work, scrambling, and it was an, an early data science contract that we were working to staff. And uh, he was a referral from uh, another individual that I worked with. He was like, oh, hey, you know, I heard you're looking for a, a data scientist and, um, you know, Brett's looking for a job. Uh, why don't you give him a call? So I call him and like, hey, man, what are you doing? And he's still had an active clearance and he was just working on another degree. He's always learning, always, you know, trying to be smarter. Uh, I wish I was half as smart as him and he's getting smarter every day. It's, it's insane. So just immediately hit it off and, uh, you know, brought him on contract. He did a phenomenal job, uh, you know, made friends with everybody, was, was just fantastic uh, at what he did there. 
And then uh, a little bit down the road, he got an opportunity to go to a larger company, great opportunity, a lot more money. Uh, we were like, Brett, um, if you don't take this job, we're going to fire you. So you have to take this job uh, because it's a great opportunity for you. And uh, so he did. And then, man, it was a little over a year later, we ended up having this opportunity at headquarters. And uh, I was like, hey, Brett, what's going on? And uh, so he's back and we're working uh, together again. So, I mean, I always say that I'm in it for the long game. You know, I'm, I'm not just, uh, you know, trying to do anything quickly to, to fill one position. Um, I'm all about establishing a relationship, learning what people want to do, what their career aspirations are, and, and helping them along that path. And, hey, how are you going to get there? A word of wisdom out of that story for, for anybody listening is just build relationships first. Those are so important. That's the foundation that, you know, everything will sprout from. So just, uh, you know, focus on that, that human relationship element. That's really great. So Rachel, uh, do you have canine relationships going on right now? Would you like me to continue with the question? Yes, I would love to see if you're also hired in headquarters for a uh, four-legged, really hairy beast. She's she's great. Lots of opinions. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so when we were talking before, you know, we have a lot of transitioning military who listen to our podcast. So when we talk about how your company supports transitioning military, you talked about the importance of mentoring and support. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So, you know, again, going to the top, uh, you know, the majority of our C-suite is former military. So a lot of veterans in the C-suite, veterans at the director level here, and then really pack them into the program management office. So those are the individuals that are indirect uh, support assigned to every contract. So all those, uh, you know, direct support folks who got, get hired onto contract at different military installations have direct communication into these program managers. These program managers, a few of them, uh, we've actually even hired through like hiring our heroes or uh, Warrior Care Foundation. So they were fellows who who kind of did the transition journey with us, with Iron Eagle X specifically. And they're always happy to, uh, you know, jump on the phone, uh, even jump on a plane to, uh, you know, provide whatever is necessary for uh, our employees all over the place. So understand, you know, how difficult that transition can be. And, uh, you know, here to here to support. I, th I think that defense contracting specifically is is a great place for those folks to transition to. Um, a lot of times you're in that same environment. You're working with a lot of the same folks. You're just wearing a, a really cool Nike polo and instead of uh, <laughs> instead of your fatigues. Yeah, that was something really great that I remember when we were chatting before about how many veterans you have throughout your organization. And they're always there willing to reach out and support people. So, you know, a question that does come up quite often, especially from our cleared professionals, when they're thinking about applying to that job is like, it's all about the ATS. How can they get past the stinking ATS? I know it's an acronym. It's an applicant tracking system, but break it down. How can they get past the ATS? 
The best way to beat an ATS is to be qualified for the position. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, just meet the qualifications. You are going to be reviewed by a human at some point. I've worked, you know, in recruiting at smalls, at larges. There are certain filters, you know, that may throw you in a, a specific bucket. But at the end of the day, someone is going to look at your resume and make that determination of do they meet the qualifications or do they not? The best way that you can beat an ATS is to really review the job description of the position that you're applying for before you apply. Um, make sure that you're matching up those keywords. You know, I always joke that I'm, I'm just a caveman recruiter. Ooga booga over here. You know, I got to look and, oh, there's not the keywords. I don't see them. Um, you know, if I don't see those keywords, then how do I, you know, translate to the, the program manager that, uh, hey, this person's qualified. Yes, I was just uh, coaching a young professional in our community today, and they unfortunately were doing their resume based on one of those templates that they found off of Google or Microsoft, and then they just sort of threw in a bunch of words, and I just said, wow, you have 15 years experience and you don't talk about it. <laughs> you don't talk about what you're doing. So yes, you know, I, I think that this is the hardest thing for people who are looking for a job is that they don't understand they have to customize their resume, that every single job that they apply for, they have to find out what the keywords are. How does that work in your resume? How do you customize it? Long are gone the days when you wrote one resume and you sent it everywhere, right? And I would say that, you know, because that scares people. They're like, oh man, I'm going to have 20 resumes no, I mean, you're really, you know, at the core, you're probably really qualified for, you know, a handful of positions. So those three, four, five positions, and you're just tweaking it. You're just changing those keywords. You're, you know, moving uh, some bullets, uh, moving them up to the top. It's it's minor tweaks. It's not starting all over. Uh, everybody hates writing a resume. I think it's something about, you know, kind of trying to self-promote, writing about yourself, something that's difficult about it. And, and it just, you know, seems like the worst kind of homework. Don't let that scare you. I mean, it's really just tweaking the same core of a resume. And then, you know, once you save that, hey, here's my data analyst uh, resume, here's my business analyst resume, here's my data science resume, you know, having those templates and then, you know, you're throwing in different bullets as you work on projects and, and get different school and classes and stuff like that. Yes, I always love saying customize and people are like, no, I have one and that's all I want to have. <laughs> uh, so you and I are on the same page about the importance of stepping back and figuring out what you want to do next before looking at your next job or transitioning out of the military. Can you sort of expand upon that for our listeners? Because I know so many times either transitioning military or a cleared professional, they just sort of want to go to the next step. They just, they're not looking at the long game or, or the full scope of what they can do with their career. You know, getting back to that point of identifying the position that you want, right? And then really targeting in on it and not only tailoring your resume, but also using LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is a, a great OSINT tool. You know, you can go on there. All right. Hey, where do these positions exist? What companies are hiring for them? 
all right, I'm going to go and connect with as many of the people that I can in those companies, specifically recruiters, anyone who looks like a hiring manager, other people who do that job, and make sure that you're putting out a, a warm, personal invite to those individuals. Hey, uh, you know, really want to do this at your company. Let me know if there's ever any opportunity to do that. You can also get a lot of intel as far as like, hey, I, I want to be a data analyst. You're a data analyst. Can you give me any insight as to salary? What should I be asking for? What can I get? What what can I expect? You know, maybe you even start down that path and you're like, oh, well, it seems like the ceiling on this is not what I need for, you know, me and my family. Maybe this career path isn't really what I want. And you're figuring that out on the front end as opposed to getting one, two, three years into a career. And then you're like, wait, I don't like this at all. So, you know, being able to do that research, being able to, you know, do that intelligence gathering on the front end uh, is is so much easier nowadays with LinkedIn um, and the other tools that are out there. And even just, you know, old school in-person networking, you know, walking around with a martini in your hand and <laughs> talking to people about what they do. Love it. And really just appreciate just the down-to-earth approach that you're taking on just explaining it to people. And I know people are going to appreciate that. And so with that in mind, how in the heck can they get a hold of you? Because you know the people are going to want to talk to you, friend. Absolutely. So I'm uh, that giant ginger on LinkedIn. You can see uh, a big old mug of mine. Uh, And then... uh, so are all of uh, all the recruiters here at Iron Eagle X. Big presence on LinkedIn. Again, you know, use the crap out of that to network, to connect with people, everything else. And then, uh, you know, my personal contact information, just S Lambert at IronEagleX.com. Um, reach out to me anytime. I'm, I'm happy to help transitioning veterans. Uh, that was actually what I was doing, you know, 30 minutes before. I, I constantly get resumes of, hey, you know, my friend's transitioning or, hey, they're in the guard or the reserves and they're looking to, you know, break into this. Um, if I can't help you, I'm going to talk to you and, uh, you know, see what I can do to, uh, you know, maybe tweak your resume or give you some uh, insight as to companies or, uh, you know, jobs to go after in the industry. We have all enjoyed this, especially anew over in Rachel's studio. <laughs> we we love all people here and our canines and a few felines too. So thank you so much for joining us today. We loved our chat with you. Absolutely. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Rachel. So I really enjoyed talking with Sebastian because, you know, there are different defense contractors who support special operations. And special operations is a very unique kind of work to do. But it's also nice to know that you have veterans who are in the leadership suite who are there willing to help other veterans by mentoring them, by helping them when they join the company with their networking. Sebastian was even doing some coaching right before he got on the call with us. So I really like that mentality of you know, we're going to reach out and support the veterans. What about you, Rachel? I thought he had so many great things to share, but I really loved the conversation and kind of the poking in on getting that resume in front of the recruiter, the reminder that they're human beings and that it has to appeal in that certain way. And it just kind of reminded me, it's like going to McDonald's and trying to order with your Burger King, you know, order. It's never going to work out. Yeah, you might get some food, but you want to make sure that you are ordering the right thing, presenting the right information. And I thought he did just a really nice job of just kind of that great reminding of what's necessary to get the job and how to beat the ATS. 
So thanks so much for listening to us today. So happy you were here to join us. Gold stars are going to you and you and you and you and you for listening all the way to the end. Make sure you get out there and follow. And next time it'll be a platinum star. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Well, you ended with a good voice.